ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय Yeah, the Bhagavatam should be above my legs. It's another of those things that uh, you know my disciples see again and again, but still they don't take the cognizance of it. It's not my practice to sit and have the Bhagavatam. So I'm now going to make a prediction for the future. If these small children remain here, they're going to disturb. They're not going to be able to sit quietly. So please take them to the back, and when they start playing around, they can go outside. Yeah, I'm very good at foretelling the future. You can also foretell the future. Please put them at the back. You can. You're going to sit quietly and listen. This little boy can go. He's not old enough to sit and listen. It's the age for playing. If they start to play and make a noise, if or when they start to play and make a noise, then their parents can kindly take them out and they can play outside. Shrimad Bhagavatam, <coughs> Canto 2, Chapter 3, Text 19, Translation and Commentary by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Shravidvarahoshtra Karai. Sangstuta Purusha Parshuhu Nayat Karna Patopeto Jatu Nama Gadagrajaha Translation Men who are like dogs, hogs, camels and asses Praise those men who never listen to the transcendental pastimes of Lord Sri Krishna, the deliverer from evils. Purport. The general mass of people, unless they are trained systematically for a higher standard of life in spiritual values, are no better than animals, and in this verse they have particularly been put on the level of dogs, hogs, camels and asses. Modern university education practically prepares one to acquire a doggish mentality with which to accept the service of a greater master. After finishing a so-called education, the so-called educated persons move like dogs from door to door with applications for some service and mostly they are driven away informed of no vacancy. As dogs are negligible animals and serve the master faithfully for bits of bread, a man serves a master faithfully without sufficient rewards. Persons who have no discrimination in the matter of foodstuff and who eat all sorts of rubbish are compared to hogs. Hogs are very much attached to eating stools. So, stool is a kind of foodstuff for a particular type of animal. 
And even stones are eatables for a particular type of animal or bird. But the human being is not meant for eating everything and anything. He is meant to eat grains, vegetables, fruits, milk, sugar, etc. Animal food is not meant for the human being. For chewing solid food, the human being has a particular type of teeth meant for cutting fruits and vegetables. The human being is endowed with two canine teeth as a concession for persons who will eat animal food at any cost. It is known to everyone that one man's food is another man's poison. Human beings are expected to accept the remnants of food offered to Lord Sri Krishna. And the Lord accepts foodstuffs from the categories of leaves, flowers, fruits, etc. As prescribed by the Vedic scriptures, no animal food is offered to the Lord. Therefore, a human being is meant to eat a particular type of food. He should not imitate the animals to derive so-called vitamin values. Therefore, a person who has no discrimination in regard to eating is compared to a hog. The camel is a kind of animal that takes pleasure in eating thorns. A person who wants to enjoy family life or the worldly life of so-called enjoyment is compared to the camel. Materialistic life is full of thorns and so one should live only by the prescribed method of Vedic regulations just to make the best use of a bad bargain. Life in the material world is maintained by sucking one's own blood. The central point of attraction for material enjoyment is sex life. To enjoy sex life is to suck one's own blood and there is not much more to be explained in this connection. The camel also sucks its own blood while chewing thorny twigs. The thorns the camel eats cut the tongue of the camel and so blood begins to flow within the camel's mouth. The thorns mixed with fresh blood create a taste for the foolish camel and so he enjoys the thorn-eating business with false pleasure. Similarly, the great business magnates or magnets as they're called in India, magnates, not magnets, industrialists who work very hard to earn money by different ways and questionable, questionable means eat the thorny results of their actions mixed with their own blood. Therefore the Bhagavatam has situated these diseased fellows along with the camels. The ass is an animal who is celebrated as the greatest fool even amongst the animals. The ass works very hard and carries burdens of the maximum weight without making profit for itself. And at this point there's a footnote, quite a long footnote. Human life is meant for earning values. This life is called arathadam, or that which can deliver values. And what is the greatest of value of life? It is to return home, back to Godhead, as indicated in the Bhagavad Gita. One's selfishness must be aimed at the point of going back to Godhead. The ass, the ass does not know his self-interest and it works very hard for others only. A person who works very hard for others only, forgetting his personal interest available in the human form of life, is compared to the ass. In the Brahma Vaivarta Purana it is said, Ashiting Chaturash Chaiva Lakshang Stan Jiva Jati Shu Brahmadbhi Purushai Prapyang 
manu shangjanma pariyat tadapyab halatangjata tesham atma bhimaninam varakarnam anashritya govinda charana dvayam the human life is so important that even the demigods in the higher planets sometimes aspire for a human body on this earth because in the human body only one can easily go back to godhead in spite of having obtained such an important body if one does not reestablish his lost eternal relation with govinda lord krishna he is certainly a fool who has forgotten his self interest This human form of material body is obtained by a gradual process of evolution to one body after another in the cycle of 8,400,084 lakh varieties of life and the poor man forgetting this importance for his own interest involves himself in so many illusory engagements for uplifting the position of others as a leader of political emancipation and economic development There is no harm in trying for political emancipation Telangana or economic development but one should not forget the real aim of life all such philanthropic activities must be dovetailed to returning to godhead one who does not know this is compared to the ass who works only for others without their or his own welfare in mind so return to the main text The ass is generally engaged by the washerman whose social position is not very respectable and the special qualification of the ass is that it is very much accustomed to being kicked by the opposite sex when the ass begs for sexual intercourse he is kicked by the fair sex yet he still follows the female for such sexual pleasure a henpecked man is compared therefore to the ass The general mass of people work very hard especially in the age of kali in this age the human being is actually engaged in the work of an ass carrying heavy burdens and driving thala and rickshaws the so called advancement of human civilization has engaged a human being in the work of an ass the laborers in great factories and workshops are also engaged in such burdensome work and after working hard during the day the poor laborer has to be again kicked by the fair sex not only for sex enjoyment but also for so many household affairs so shrimad bhagavatam's categorization of the common man without any spiritual enlightenment into the society of dogs hogs camels and asses is not at all an exaggeration the leaders of such ignorant masses of people may feel very proud of being adored by such a number of dogs and hogs but that is not very flattering the bhagavatam openly declares that although a person may be a great leader of such dogs and hogs disguised as men if he has no taste for being enlightened in the science of krishna such a leader is also an animal and nothing more he may be designated as a powerful strong animal or a big animal but in the estimation of shrimad bhagavatam He is never given a place in the category of man on account of his atheistic temperament. Or in other words, such godless leaders of dogs and hog-like men are bigger animals with the qualities of animals in greater proportion. Shvavidvarahushtra kharai sangstuta purushaf prashuhu nayatkarna pato peitu 
Jatu Nama Gadagrajaha. Men who are like dogs, hogs, camels and asses praise those men who never listen to the transcendental pastimes of Lord Sri Krishna, the deliverer from evils. Srimad Bhagavatam in a chapter that is titled Pure Devotional Service describes persons who are not interested in glorifying Krishna. Well, in the purport, Srila Prabhupada describes them as dogs, hogs, camels and asses. Uh, in the text itself, it says that you know, persons who are like dogs, hogs, camels and asses praise persons who don't like to hear about Krishna, who don't like to hear the Prabhupada translates this, the transcendental pastimes of Lord Sri Krishna. So the mass of people and the leaders of the people are animal-like, or as Srila Prabhupada states in the purport, they're not really animal-like, they're human-like in as much as they are, they look like humans, but they're not really humans at all. It's, Prabhupada here doesn't say that the people are like animals, he says that the, the, there are certain animals who are like humans. And these are the common people, or most of the people of the world. They're not really humans at all. And actually in the, in the Sanskrit itself, it doesn't say like. It doesn't say persons who are like. It's a, it's, it directly says that hogs, dogs, camels and asses praise those who don't like to hear about Krishna in which the name of Krishna never entered their ears or they never accepted to hear about Krishna. So such persons are praised. They think, oh, so many people are praising me. Sports hero, political hero, national hero or whatever. They're very uh, cinema hero. So they're very uh, concerned with being praised or they think it it is something praiseworthy to be praised but it's not praiseworthy to be praised by a by a dog. To be licked by a dog. You see the dog, he wags his tail and licks someone out of affection. If you give a dog some piece of bread, the dog will wag his tail. And in the Western countries, they allow the dogs to lick them also. The dog will and say, oh, how nice. The dog loves me. He doesn't love you, he loves the bread. You're such a fool that you think that he loves me. So the description is given. The dog. Well, actually, in any culture of the world, if you call someone a dog, it's an insult. It's someone has. They have the dog show. Now they have dog shows in India to see who's got the best dog. You win a prize for having a, the best dog. Now everyone is 
Everyone is welcome to turn off their cell phone. Is there anyone in this room who has a cell phone which is still on? Please raise your hand with the cell phone in it. Right. Put the cell phone in your hand and turn it off. Thank you very much. Still, there'll be at least one more cell phone going off. I can predict. However many times you say, Aapka cell phone jarasa ban kizir. Mm. The dog is, uh, they have a dog show to show who's got the best dog. And what kind of prize is that? People are very, oh, my dog won a prize for being what? The best dog. Who will judge who is the best dog? What a, what a bizarre civilization. They kill the cows and protect the dogs. Srila Prabhupada compares here in, in the purport modern university education gives one a doggish mentality because the dog likes to come and find where is some master who will I'll lick him and he will give me something to eat I'll wag my tail and bark all night and keep him awake and he'll give me some food. He'll be affectionate to me. So in the same way, people get a university degree. And then they go door to door looking for a job. Please, give me a job. Wagging their tail. Ah, very eager. And just like a dog, at least in India, not in the West, where people love dogs. The dog, Just like the dog will come around, there's someone selling... Some al- there's this stall on the road where they're making aloo tiki and the dogs will come around trying to get some someone to throw them a piece and the aloo tiki wala will throw a stone get out of here or the people, the people eating they'll throw a stone so in the same way people go very eagerly please give me a job get out no vacancy don't want you or even if they're working in the job, they may have been working in the company for 20 years, and one day they're told, go. Out. No warning, just go. But, 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 you don't know but, you're just a dog, get out. Kick them in the butt. So modern so-called education makes you a dog. So in the same way, people in the modern age, they'll work, they feel dependent. If, if no one employs me, then what will I do? The moderns, in the name of modern education, they have uh, spoiled the enterprising spirit. Of course, this is on the material platform. But we see even in India today, just like I was speaking about the Alu Tikiwala. Do the yeah, in Hyderabad you all know what that means. Maybe in other parts of Telangana they don't, where they only speak Telugu. So uh he's self employed. Right? He's not making a fortune. He's maybe not making as much as the dogs who go in the office. 
but he's self-employed. He has enough uh, self-motivation. Maybe his father was doing it also to get a, a hot lorry, as they're called in Gujarat, this little cart and a korai cooking pot and some oil and get get his paraphernalia together every day buy some aloe or every few days and cook it and sell it and in this way he maintains his family I saw maybe a generation ago that you that someone they'd be very proud that we're self-employed that uh, you like to sit down and sit down he's leaning on the wall as if the wall's meant for leaning on <coughs> that someone may uh, <coughs> someone may say to one woman may say to another oh what kind of service does your husband do in the city? He doesn't do service. He has his own business. The business might be going in the streets, calling out, alu, pushing the, pushing the alu, uncooked alu, for sale. Alu, gobi. So he's not a big, he's not making lots of money, but he's self-employed. Srila Prabhupada, he, he was, uh, he didn't like this mentality that everyone has to study and go and get a job. He was never employed, actually, Prabhupada. Just, just in the, just for a short time. We're talking about his family life. His father gave him an education, in modern education. And then Prabhupada was, his father, Srila Prabhupada's father arranged for him to be placed in some company. But after a short time, Prabhupada came out and did his own business. He's, after all, from a businessman's family. His father was a businessman, by occupation. So they felt some pride. Not that I, I can't live unless someone employs me. But in modern life, there's not much scope for self-employment. Increasingly so. The society is set up that everything is run by big companies and they don't even allow you. The time will come in India as they become more progressive where there won't be any alu tiki wale on the street or any other kind because they'll ban it. They say you have to have this license and that license and you can't you can't run a company, you can't have your own farm unless you have all these different things. That's what they do in the European Union. And I saw in Lithuania, small country, recently joined the European Union. It's a country of small farmers. And as soon as they joined the European Union, they all had to close their farms. Because they said you have to have this, you have to have the barn at least this size, and they can't afford to build a huge barn. They don't need a huge barn. And there's so many stipulations. And then all these small farmers, they're out of business. And then all the big companies come and buy up their farms for a small price. 
and build big barns and spoil all the land like this. And then the same people who sold their land, they go and work on the, for the big company on the farm. So modern society, not, not modern society, all of human society since time immemorial has been exploitive. The, uh, well, not all time. Ram, Chandra Bhagavan, he wasn't exploiting the citizens. Therefore, his name is loved even today. Whereas modern leaders, they, they, they simply exploit the citizens. And the people think that they've... I, now I'm very happy if I can at least get a job. People, they come out from the college and they're in great anxiety. Oh, I have to get a job. Oh... They get a job, just in anxiety. In the previous, this Bhakti Raghav Maharaj is promoting this Varnashram system, which in the modern society say, "Oh, that's very bad." But everyone had a job. There's no question of not having a job. If your father was a potter, then you by the by the age of six or so you start to learn how to make pots. From the age of eight or so, you're expert, and you make pots. Well, that's child labor. They've got a job, and there's the pots are always needed for, for always for uh, drinking. You need the clay you use in the meal, and you throw it away. And then for religious functions, you need pots. What, and what about what to speak of water pots? There's always a need for for pottery, disposable. Well, they say no child labor. It's very bad. They don't mind the child. The child. He's in a movie, they don't care. That's all right. No one complains, right? They need a child for the movie, no one complains. But if the child is making parts of of, of harmless and occupation, which is useful for human society, then they're all very bad. He has to go to school so he can learn uh, all this, and then he goes to the factory. And what's the... The part is... Potter, he's at home in the village and then he goes to the factory in the city. And they think it's better life because at least in the city I can watch movies. We don't have cinemas in the village. And then from the movie they learn how to be a total rakshasa. That's all. You see the, you see the young boys in the cities, the expression on their face, even they're just like eight or ten years old. This mean look. Where did they learn that from? Otherwise, in India, the young boys, I've seen two generations, they're very polite and smiling. Nowadays, <laughs> this mean look. Where did they learn that from? From the TV and the movies. The nastier you are, the better you are, this idea. Like a dog. Just like dogs. Either they become a, a polite dog who serves a master very submissively, or they become a street dog in which they're nasty to everyone. And the hog. You don't see in the cities, but in the villages... Still the pigs are there. Even in the cities in India, the pigs used to be the uh, 
sewage service. There was no, there was not this running water. So the, that certain caste of people, Dom, I think, they, they were, others also, they would bring the pigs door to door. Door to door sewage disposal service. The pigs would be very happy and the people would be happy, you got rid of the stool. And Doms are happy because after some time they'll eat the pigs. Everyone's happy. There are still Hindus in Pakistan. Most of them were from that caste. Because the Muslims, when they, when they were killing and driving everyone else out, they said, you stay because we don't want to do that. So they asked, the, they were killing everyone else. They said, you stay, we're looking after you. But they didn't want to take the pigs. They knew they'd have a problem if they, if they didn't let that caste of people stay. So who wants to be a pig? It's a nice life, you see. You get fresh food every day. And you become very healthy and fat. And... Uh, unlimited scope for sexual enjoyment and it's nice you see the pigs they're wagging their tail they're always very enthusiastic they see some stool they'll trot up happy life of course uh, there comes a time when your owner cuts your throat it's not very easy to kill a pig they have very thick skin so the pigs, they scream. They sound just like children, actually. So very human-like screaming as they're caught. Yeah, they have, have to catch them and then and they know, now I have to die. Pig's life. Who would like to be a pig? Anyone? I didn't see anyone put their hand up. No? Well, according to Bhagavatam, most of the people already are pigs. They're just disguised as human beings, that's all. Dogs, hogs, camels. We don't see camels here, you don't see them. Huh? You'd think they might be here because it's a very dry climate. We'll see in Gujarat, Rajasthan, in those areas, there are plenty of camels. So the special feature of the camel is that he likes to eat thorns. It's not just something written in the Bhagavatam, it's a fact. And then the thorns, naturally if you chew thorns, then blood will flow from your mouth. And they like that, oh, nice flavor, my own blood. They're enjoying the flavor of their own blood. So, uh, the human, the, the camel disguised as a human being, how is that, that he's a camel? Because people like to indiscriminately, indiscriminately enjoy sex, which means they are expending their blood in the form of discharges. And in this way their physical strength becomes depleted. But they think, oh, it's very nice. They're enjoying and the ass, that's another insult. To call, to call someone in any part of the world, to call someone a dog or a pig, you pig. Or in India it's uh, suakabacha. 
It doesn't sound as bad to me as it does to you because it's my third language. In most language, most languages in India, it's a, it's a very bad insult to be the son of a pig. Well, everyone's suakabacha, according to Bhagavata. So they, don't feel bad. You're not the only one. Everyone is like that. Son of a pig. For those who might not understand my vulgar Hindi, you're the son of a pig. Or to call so, you ass. If you call someone a, actually if you call someone a dog, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very rude. It means that, that you have very low opinion of them. If you call someone a pig, you usually call someone a pig if they're very greedy or very dirty. And if you call someone an ass, it means because they're stupid. So the, you have to choose your terms of insult according to time, place and circumstance. You see. <laughs> if you call someone a camel, well, here people would have to think about it because you don't see camels much. Who's seen a camel in this lifetime? Most of you. When you went to Vrindavan, maybe? Is it here you won't see them? Not in this area. So you don't call people a camel, generally. You call someone an ass, it means they're stupid. Because the ass, again, you won't see in the big cities much, but still you'll find in most of India, asses, they carry, the washerman collects all the, all the cloth and puts it on the ass's back and you have this little skinny ass with this huge pile, more weight than the ass, piled on his back, which he has to take down to the river. Or sometimes for construction or such purposes, the asses, they have to carry rocks. They put leather bags on both sides of their spindly back. Spindly means thin and with the bones sticking out. And the uh, those bags are filled with rocks, very heavy. And the ass carries them. And what for? So he thinks that, well, I have to do this. And then at the end of the day, my owner will give me some grass. But the grass is everywhere. He doesn't have to work like that. But he's such an ass, he thinks that he has to. And another feature of the ass, as Srila Prabhupada describes here, is that when the ass approaches the she-ass for the same pleasure that the humans approach the, or the male humans approach the she-humans, for the same enjoyment, the ass gets kicked in the face by the she-ass, just to show that I'm, a, I'm an ass too. So, he has to suffer like that. So the human being, or rather the ass, disguised as a human being, uh, he works so hard, thinking I have to work so hard, have to work 15 hours a day, 16 hours a day, so I can maintain my family, I can get some food, 
But it's not required to work so hard. People will leave the village and go to the city and work hard to get what they can get very easily in the village. But they think I'm better off because I have an electric fan here in the city and I can go to the movies. And if I get enough money, I can buy a motorbike so I can, so I can go to work and get in the traffic and get nicely, uh, nicely polluted. Nice, uh, breathe in all the pollution. So the ass is a fool. And, uh, yeah, this, uh, another feature of the ass is that, uh, yeah, he gets kicked when he goes for sex. So in the same way, the man, uh, maintains a wife and she may give him such a hard time but still, he has to accept the kicks so he can get his enjoyment, which is his only enjoyment in life, just like the ass all day carrying heavy weights. And then, at the end of day, the, the, the enjoyment, but even to get that, he has to be kicked first. So like that, the human being, the, 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 so, the ass disguised as a human being, is working hard all day, and he comes home and he thinks, now I can enjoy. But wait a minute, before you enjoy, you have to get, I'll, I have to enjoy also. I'll enjoy calling you an ass. So the wife will harass the man in this way. So like this, uh, the animals are compared to human beings, or the human beings, supposed to be human beings, are compared to animals. Monkey also. It's not mentioned here, but... It's another insulting term, monkey. Especially you may say that to a, a child who's just like a monkey. Running here and there and making a mess of things. So human beings, they can, can be like monkeys also. Srila Prabhupada in one purport compared some of his disciples to monkeys. He said that some of his disciples are like monkeys. The human beings who, they just have sex unrestrictedly, they're like monkeys. And some of my disciples, they come to me, then they go back and again they become monkeys. They think it's better to enjoy unrestricted sex than to be a devotee. So there are many comparisons with the animals. The uh, Bhagavatam, not only in the Bhagavatam, but uh, in the Mahabharata, sorry, describes the heron. Heron means stork, baka in Sanskrit. I don't know what, uh, again you won't get in Secunderabad. Maybe you won't get much in Andhra Pradesh at all, because they'll, they'll go, it's a, to, crane is another word. They have long legs and they stand at, they have long beak and they stand at the edge of a pond. So they look like a very good sadhu meditating. So some sadhu who's meditating, but just like the heron, he, he's meditating, he's looking at the water, you see. Very peaceful, 
But just if any fish come, he'll immediately go down and take the fish. So in the same way, the so-called sadhu looks very peaceful, meditative. He's just looking for some opportunity to exploit someone for sense gratification. So in the same way, the uh, the so-called gurus, they pose as being very saintly. There's a story also in the Mahabharata of the, the, the cat who became a guru. The cat became the guru to the mice. The cat was behaving in a very... The cat was trying to catch the mice... But the cat was not a very not a very expert cat, so the mice were just laughing. And the cat would come and the mice would run away. And inside their hole they'd say, Woo to the cat. So the cat was an intelligent cat. So the cat started meditating. And the monkey, the, the mice saw the cat is meditating. That's strange. Why would a cat meditate? And they saw the cat meditating on and on. One or two of them said, well, actually the cat maybe is, uh, actually quite saintly, looks saintly. And some said, no, you can't trust a cat. They became intrigued by the cat meditating. So from a little distance, one of them asked the cat, Oh, you're meditating, you've become a sadhu. The cat said, Yes, actually I was trying to catch you, but now I've understood the futility of material life. You see, however hard I try, I can't catch you. So now I renounced all that and I'm just going to be a sadhu. And the mice thought, Hmm... You can't trust cat, but it does look like a sadhu. The cat said, "You know, you, you don't worry. I'll be. You can be. You can trust me now." <laughs> so some of the mice they thought, "Yeah, actually, we should learn to meditate also." Human life, mouse life, is meant for God realization. So the cat taught them, all right, you all line up in a row, you meditate with your eyes closed, you say, Om, 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 you meditate, the cat, count one, quickly, swallowed it, Om, And all the mice said, oh, it's very nice. And then they all, okay, you can open your eyes now. Tomorrow we'll have another meditation session. <laughs> said, oh, that was good. I feel really spiritual. They all went back. And oh, so one of us is missing. What happened? Hmm. No, no, maybe, maybe uh, levitated and went back to Godhead. You never know. <laughs> so... Someone said, well, maybe the cat did. Oh, don't say anything wrong about the cat. The cat's our guru. <laughs> so like this, they noticed that day by day, their numbers were decreasing by one. 
they were feeling very spiritual, but they, were, they noticed the cat was becoming fatter and fatter every day. And eventually they realized, when there were only a few of them left, it's going to be me tomorrow. I think I'm going to stop meditating. It's dangerous business meditating. So the cat, in this way, became a guru for exploiting the disciples. You'll see the crocodile also. The crocodile, if you see his mouth, it's like smiling a little bit, isn't it? It's in, at the end, it's curled up like that. Smiling. Open, oh, how nice. I'll open my mouth and smile and catch you. So all these animals, human beings, they have the same traits. Because actually, in the material world, every living being is here to exploit others. It's the world of the cheaters and the cheated. And no one has any good qualities unless they surrender to Krishna. So this language is used here in the Bhagavatam. As Srila Prabhupada writes, it is not at all an exaggeration. In fact, sometimes we think that calling the human beings an animal is an insult to the animals. Because in some ways the animals are better than the human beings. At least they don't abort their own children. They don't engage in... The animals don't indulge in wanton violence. Vritahingsa, meaningless violence. It's just like they have all these wars... Now there's this agitation for Telangana and people committing suicide. It's meaningless. I mean, what? Just like they had the agitation for Indian independence, so they got independence from the British. So instead of being, instead of the mass of people being exploited by the British, now they they have the satisfaction of being exploited by their own countrymen. And then, uh, so you can have the you can pay so much taxes and everything to set up a new Telangana state, so these leaders, will uh, they can exploit you, that's all. Instead of the Andhra people exploiting you, the Telangana people will exploit you, that's all. So it's all madness. It's human life is meant for... We say human life is meant for God-realization, but first of all, human life is meant for being a human being. That's the first thing. There's no question of God-realization unless one is a human being. First of all, one has to be a human being. Not a dog, hog, camel, ass, crocodile, monkey. One actually has to become a human being. People in the modern age, they're not even humans. They don't, they don't, they're so foolish. Whatever nonsense they see on TV, they simply imitate that. And no one thinks... What is their actual self-interest? They don't think that I have to die soon. And what will happen after that? Well, we can tell you what will happen. You'll become a hog, a dog, a camel or an ass. Unless you stop being a hog, dog, camel and ass in this lifetime and chant Hare Krishna and utilize the human form of life properly. 
So, this is Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam describes the highest goal of life, but to distinguish what is the actual highest goal of life, it's also necessary to show what isn't the highest goal of life. So, Srimad Bhagavatam describes the beauty of Krishna, the exchanges between Krishna and his devotees, it's very sweet, but there's no in, there's no entrance into that sweetness until we become callous to the prospect of enjoying this material world. We find that Srila Prabhupada, he often quoted this verse, and he, without quoting the verse, he would off. We'll find in Srila Prabhupada's vocabulary many times. He used cats and dogs to refer to what were ostensibly human beings. Animals, rascals, fools. Why did he say all these things? Because people are hogs, dogs, camels, asses, animals, rascals, fools. And they're such fools and rascals, they don't even realize they're fools and rascals. So the first thing is to wake them up. You're a fool and a rascal. What, me? Yes, you. Oh, really? So, uh, what do I have to do? Atato Brahma Jignasa. Now you inquire into spiritual reality. So most people, they're not at all ready for here. What to speak of rasa? They're not even, they're not even on the human platform. They can't even understand such basic points that we are all controlled. We are not the controller. There is God. They cannot understand this. They cannot understand that they're, they're not the body. They spend you know, these, they go to work and then they, the, the girls they spend, they, they, the money they earn, they'll spend it on 25 varieties of nail polish they can put on their Toenails, which is toenail. What is that? That's just equivalent to stool. It's the, it's the uh, excess of the body. It's converted into toenail, and they grow it very long so they can have long green toenails, and so much makeup and all these things. They spend so much money. Fashion on TV they show is a fashion. You buy the clothes, and three months later. They make a new fashion, you have to throw those clothes away and get another kind of clothing, just all madness. And have your hairstyle, so many different hairstyles. All these hairstyles, it just shows that you're a prostitute, that's all. Because the women, they should have their hair tied up and parted in the middle. And anything else, you're a prostitute, that's all. It means you're just showing off your hairstyle to attract men which is not the business of a chaste woman. So they're very proud, all their different hairstyles. But according to Vedic culture, human culture, that just shows that you're a prostitute and you can go and study hair cutting, three-year diploma, three-year course to get a diploma. In cutting hair? <laughs> really? What was that? Who is that telling me? Mahasringa, his... His daughter's completing her course to be a company secretary. Four-year course. Is it really so complicated? Four-year course 
how to be a company secretary? Why did they make things so complex? Well, I guess haircutting diploma, then you can maybe get a job as a haircutter. Whereas the barber, he's there in the village, they just call him. No time for cutting hair. Or they on the street, clip, 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 clip. When I was a kid, they had this system. They put this this bowl on your head and whatever, they cut around that, finished. That's all. <laughs> no three-year course. Not necessary. Now we have a system. We just keep a little thing in the middle and shave it all. Very nice. Good fashion. No need of... It's not that we have, you know, one piece of hair dyed green sticking out here. Another piece dyed purple sticking out here as they've made fashions in the West. How bizarre. That was the fashion in the 1980s among certain kinds of people. All madness. Modern civilization is simply madness. But this here, Bhagavatam, is not even talking about modern civilization. This is talking about anyone who is not a devotee of Krishna. Even you'll find they may be rishis, or they may be respectable kshatriyas, but according to Bhagavatam, if they're not uh, if they're not uh, inclined to hear about Krishna, then they are like hogs, dogs, camels and asses. So what to speak of the people in the modern age? So this is required for preaching. Of course for preaching we may say to people, you are very great, you are very good. But when we get their attention, well, yeah, you are a very great ass, we can tell them. Because you are spoiling your human form of life. People should realize that they are spoiling their human form of life. They think they become religious by accepting some ass or crocodile some bogus guru and they oh I become very religious he's the biggest rascal and you can you can see who's the biggest rascal among these bogus gurus by seeing how many followers they've got see he's a very big guru has lakhs of followers all over the world that means he's a very big rascal that's all if he's not teaching Krishna conscious if he's not teaching what is actually for people's self-interest. So did you all know that was in Bhagavatam? Maybe you didn't know. Maybe you thought they were just stories of Krishna. This is in Bhagavatam. This is Bhagavatam. So this is prerequisite to understand about Krishna is that we have to become callous to any prospects of material enjoyment. If we think, I will become a very accomplished dog, hog, camel or ass, then we cannot understand Krishna. We can't even begin to understand Krishna. So, is there any question about this? Or comment please. Human-like comments are welcomed. Barking of dogs, grunting of pigs, braying of asses and whatever camels do. 
is not desired. What noise does a camel make? Anyone know? In English, what is it? A dog barks or whines or hog grunts an ass brays and a camel? Don't know. Who wants to be a camel in their next life? Anyone? No one. About, what, 30 years ago, maybe a little less, there was, I heard at the time, one of our devotees said, that uh, there, was a, there was a survey done in Italy and it said that if there is future life, they, they, most of the people there don't believe in it, but it said if there is a future life and you could come back, you have to come back as an animal, what kind of animal would you like to be? So they asked a few thousand people. The majority of people said a snake. And out of then two people asked, well, could I become a human being? They'd like to be a snake. That's another insult, isn't it? If you call someone a snake, that means someone who is... Uh, they have their mentality of uh, just heartlessly harming harming you. Especially, at least in English, if you call someone a snake, it means someone who... They'll behave nicely, but then when they get an opportunity, they'll totally destroy you without any compunction for their own interest. Do you say that in Indian languages also? Call someone a snake? I never heard it actually. Sometimes in, we're informed that in Russia, sometimes the husband call their wives a cobra. What does the wife call the husband? This we don't want to emulate. Let the Russian... Class is still going on, so please keep your cell phones off. This we don't want to emulate. Our devotees, husbands and wives, let them live as peacefully as is possible in this nasty world and chant Hare Krishna. And show others how they can how it is possible to live in this world as husband and wife without being like 